Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Aboriginal Way for 2021. My name's Caleb Sweeting. On today's program, we hear from University of South Australia researcher, Catherine McBride. We're talking about Aboriginal women's heart health and the alarming rate of deaths linked to cardiovascular disease. Catherine's latest study is looking to change this. Also joining UniSA researcher, Catherine McBride, is SA Health and Medical Research Institute research assistant, Anna Dowling. The study into Aboriginal women's heart health explored the perspectives of 28 Aboriginal women from five different communities across Southern and Central Australia. And that work was overseen by an Aboriginal women's advisory group, including Anna. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women. So Catherine McBride's research shows what needs to happen to change this, if there is any chance of truly closing the gap by 2031. My name is Catherine McBride. I'm a non-Aboriginal woman who's grown up on Ghana country uh, and I'm a PhD candidate at the University of South Australia. So this work is part of my PhD. And Anna Dowling, um, Yemaji Batamaya woman. Um, I've grown up on Ghana land here in, in Adelaide, um, but my family connections are in Western Australia. And getting involved as part of the Aboriginal advisory group um, was something I was really, really passionate about, knowing um, the, the risks for heart disease in my community and family. In terms of how the project came together, do you want to just talk a bit about how you both ended up working together on this? Yeah, sure. So Anna and I worked together uh, on a piece of work that SA Health uh, got us to do. And what they really wanted us to do was understand what uh, the gaps and opportunities were for improving the cardiovascular or heart health of Aboriginal people across South Australia. And we spoke to people who worked in the health services and the health system. We spoke to communities right across SA. Um, we spoke to people who had been impacted by heart disease and stroke and asked them what was important and where the gaps were. And there were a couple of things that came up. One was that there was a really um, clear message that we needed to be working on prevention and um, stopping heart disease before people got sick and ended up in hospital. And the other was that there was a need, oh sorry, that people who worked in the health service talked about how particularly young Aboriginal men were getting heart disease and stroke. But community were talking about how women were also being impacted and how that was affecting their ability to um, be leaders and carers and nurturers and community. And we were also looking at the data and the information that was coming through the health services. That data was telling us the same story about um, the impact of heart disease and stroke for women and particularly for younger women. So that's where kind of the importance of it came from. Um, so we took this back to community and said, look, is this a priority? How could we, you know, we think this is important. Can we develop it into something? Because we need, we yep. know we need to know more about it. Um, and based on that, they said, yes, this is important. Um, I was really privileged that they said, yes, you know, we'd see yeah. you doing your PhD in this topic. And then I went and um, brought together an Aboriginal Women's Advisory Group, of which Anna sits on. 
um, to really guide and oversee this piece of work to make sure that we're doing the right things the right way and really meeting the needs of community and doing it. Thanks, Catherine. And Anna, did you want to kind of talk about what it's like being on that advisory group and what have what have you said and other um, women on the group said? So um, a respectful way of doing research is to um, ensure that the, the research is governed and guided by Aboriginal people. Um, and Catherine's um, set up the advisory group so that we can provide our um, input and, and guidance throughout the whole process um, really well. And we, so we come from different language groups, different ages as well. It was really important um, to us to, to make sure that the advisory group is reflective of the diverse Aboriginal community. Yeah. Um, and, and it is, is, is that. So, um, yeah, so we um, basically, there's, there's some, some things that, that we spoke about, about how we see um, we see heart disease in our communities and where uh, we see the importance of this type of work of, of getting community voices across in terms of what can we do um, to make a difference in this area. And what do you think is the main problem? Like, why is this such a big issue? Because um, I did read that it's the leading cause of death for Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander women. Um, why is it such a big issue? Um, so we know that in the past there's been a big focus on um, preventing th- preventing risk factors, so bad, um, unhealthy eating or lifestyle choices, and that focus really isn't capturing the other part of the story, which is about making sure that people are able to connect with their culture um, and you know connect with other women and and talk about things like health. Um, so the the sort of the other positive side, um, things that we can do to make a change that wasn't being captured um, previously. So that's where I think this research has really um, come through to show that we don't always need to look at things from the deficit point of view. We can look at how can we allow people to come together in a strong way um, to, to change things positively. How did you gather these insights? Like what did you do to have these conversations? Yeah, so uh, the advisory group, uh, we said, look, you know, what are the big questions that we need to be answering and how do we do that? And the advisory group said, well, first thing is you need to make sure that Aboriginal women's voices are prioritised in the way that we do this. So let's go out and speak to women and understand how they conceptualise and understand what protects the heart and puts it at risk. And the advisory group said let's go to women's groups you know that way as researchers you're coming into an established group where they already have connections and there's strength within those connections um, instead of approaching people individually which could be a bit intimidating about you know about research mm. so we went to about eight groups across south australia and talked with them about what was in, uh, what we were wanting to do whether it was something that would be interesting they would be interested in discussion, discussing with us. Yep. Um, and five of those groups came back and said, yes, we've, we've got the time and we'd really like to be involved in these discussions. And then we, we sat down and said, okay, so how do you actually want to have these yarns? And so we sat down and came up with a way of, you know, where would those stories be told? All of the women wanted to sit down in a group and, and have those yarns. And then we... we recorded those women's stories 
a couple of members of the advisory group and I went through those stories and started to pull out some of the messages and we went back to the women in the women's groups and said, you know, have we captured everything? Have yeah. we anything? Are we telling the stories that you wanted to tell? And then the advisory group came together um, in person and then online and over um, email and stuff and wrote that narrative together. And so we've actually got a story that was written by the advisory group on all of the stories that the women told together. Yeah, and for our listeners, where can they read that? Is that available online? Uh, it, so it's just been published in a scientific journal, which is targeted at cardiologists and cardiac nurses. Okay. Um, but it is available online, and it's definitely, you know, I'm sure Anna could say that people could pick it up and read it and mm. connect to the stories, hopefully, in the narrative that's told. Um, so we'd be happy to provide the link yeah that that would be great yeah and after you've had these conversations how did the group feel did they think that the findings would would be able to create this change that's needed yeah yeah um like i was talking about it's it's changing the focus um away from you know the deficit-based um lens that we've seen Mm. so much um research showing but now it's looking at how can we how can we really strengthen um, communities and, and allow people to come together in a, a, a different way to promote health? So, um, yeah, I feel like people could pick this up and, and connect with, with the stories that are within, um, within this. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing that came out of it was, as Anna was saying, you know, our health services and the way that we provide health care is very much focused focused on the clinical risk factors like blood pressure and cholesterol and the behavioural factors like nutrition, as Anna said, and physical activity and smoking. But what this really tells is the importance to change the way that those services are provided and make Mm. sure that those um, cultural and social supports are really provided for and the importance of making sure that the way you know those services are incorporated as critical in the way that people provide care for yeah for women's hearts does that kind of come down to the way health promotion has been in the past and just making sure that that really is appropriate you know for aboriginal women aboriginal people yeah definitely i mean um health promotion has it can it can sort of shame people sometimes if we're talking so much about unhealthy eating and lifestyle okay we want to um focus on something that we can feel proud of and work towards do you think that truly makes the heart stronger yeah absolutely yeah yeah and yeah that's what we're hearing from communities through this work Mm. And, and what do you hope the outcome is from this so i think there are a couple of things um that health services and health carers can take away from it Um, you know and immediate things and making sure that they are meeting the social and um, cultural and emotional supports that their um, clients who come into their you know the GP or Archo are getting Um, for people to take away you know a lot of people said that something that empowered them to care for their heart was having good information and knowledge on how to care for their heart yeah and what their risk profile looks like 
looked like and whether they were doing the right things or the wrong thing or, you know, not the best things. Mm. Um, and people really said, you know, I go to the GP and they give me a number and I don't know what that means. Yeah, um, okay. And, and so for people to go, you know, if you go to the GP and you get a blood pressure number, well, you know, ask, what does that mean? Is that good? Can I get it better? How, what are the things that I can do? Um, and, and don't be afraid to ask. And don't be afraid to ask for a heart check. This is a, a free check that you should mm. be getting every two years if you're 20 years or over. Um, your, your GP or your doctor or your Aboriginal health worker should be kind of prompting that you get this. But if you're not getting it, be proactive, ask for it, and ask to know what the results were. And I think that was something that a lot of women talked about, how empowered they felt if they knew Yeah. They knew how healthy their heart was. Yeah, that sounds like great advice for um, Aboriginal women that may be listening as well to this podcast and um, radio show. I did kind of want to, like, from what you've said then too, it sounds like if we want to simplify it, it's not really about changing... Um, the way we're being checked for, you know, how our bodies are, how our hearts are. It's kind of the language that's being used for patients, right? Yeah, part of that. But the other thing that came out um, and a lot of the women talked about was the importance of uh, support and support groups and being able to be involved in support groups where they could share information and knowledge and and it was a place where they could share the burden of their stress and and grief and worry yeah um so there are things there that health services and social support services can go okay you know we talk about men's sheds a lot and men's support groups but are we doing the same for women that's true are we creating those places where women can get together have a yarn have a cuppa um and just share Mm. So I think that's another really important thing that came about. Yeah. Um, but there are lots of opportunities for pe- for health service to, services to do what they do better, and particularly for people who are going to non-Aboriginal-specific health services, those health carers need to think much more about how they provide the social and the cultural support that women were asking for. Yeah. And does that come down to more training or materials that are actually appropriate so they can be trained correctly? Yeah. So firstly, we need to rethink the way that health services are provided and Aboriginal women's voices should be a key part in actually shaping what those services look like Mm -hmm. because when we do that, we know that it will meet women's needs. But then, you know, we do have a big job ahead in terms of um, creating awareness and knowledge so that um, GPs and healthcare workers can actually, act, you know, do something about it and make sure that they're doing all that they can for the people who come and see them. Thanks to Catherine and Anna for speaking with Aboriginal Way. If you're interested in finding out more, you can read Catherine's research paper titled Good Heart telling stories of cardiovascular protective and risk factors for Aboriginal women via nativetitlesa.org. This is where you'll find other episodes of Aboriginal Way. Until next time.